Welcome to the Lighthouse Experiment, a Freedom Center Church podcast. Welcome back to the Lighthouse Experiment tonight. We're excited to have another wonderful guest on tonight. Teresa Arnett is an RN and a medic. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, welcome. Thanks again for coming in. So we're going to let you kind of just jump right in and tell us how you got to, I mean, I know how you got to medic, but how you got to RN. Like, what was that decision? What point? Kind of that story. So I've been a nurse for 15 years. And I started, um, I decided way back when I went to community college and I was the first person in my family to graduate and go to college. That's and awesome. My brother went into the military because my parents couldn't really afford for us to go. So I did community college and um, I always knew I wanted to work in the hospitals. My mom was in the hospitals working. So I was always around it. And I knew that that was where I wanted to be. And I always loved helping people and I was very science oriented. And so that was kind of, um, my original thought was just to kind of go in and do pre-nursing and, um, nine 11 happened. I was in nursing school and, um, I was like a sophomore, a junior, I think. And it, when that happened, I was like, I'm all in and this That's is what awesome. I'm doing. I'm going in and, um, I'm going to be a nurse. And I always wanted to do the military, but my brother was in it ahead of me and he was like, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't think you should sign up for it. I think you should think of something else. And I wanted to be an army nurse so that I could go travel. Cause that's what I love to do. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of how I got into nursing. And then when I got done with school, I wanted to pick like the hardest thing. So I went into neurotrauma ICU okay. as a new right. and that's where I went first. And I was there for, uh, eight years. And then I left that and went to ER and my goal was to be a flight nurse. So in Michigan, you had to be dual licensed nurse and medic. So those were all my check boxes that I was working on. Cool. Um, so that's kind of how I got into all of that. I was always in, right. in that realm, always critical care. It was always a critical care realm. That's right. awesome. And I'm most of that time at Genesis, right? All of it at Genesis. Um, until 2017. And that's when I had finished my medic and I was my, I had my RN stuff. And so I left and went to U of M right. in the surgical ICU for two years. Down yeah. There. Okay. I think, was that about the time that I met you, Teresa? I think so. Yeah. I think yeah. It, I was down there and was working towards, um, working towards, uh, flight nursing. That was my goal was to, awesome. to do that. And then, of course, so I've been knowing you for quite a while now, right? So then I know there was so, I mean, we're going to jump right into it. <laughs> I know you went through some stuff, right? Just because some of that stuff, I, you know, I was, I was in on and there for. So mm-hmm. you took care of Trooper Wolf. I did. Right? I, and then, and so throughout that whole, you were right there and that was in neurotrauma, wasn't it? Uh, that was an ER, actually. Oh, okay one of the first nurses in the trauma bay with him. Okay. I was on the last side of the bed. <laughs> I'll never forget <laughs> it. Yeah. Right. And then, and just moving on, you know, there's been, well, it's heavy, right? 
working in emergency care and all that stuff, you're like, you're always there for all those things. And a lot of times, lots of people don't know this. It's like a little, little known fact, but a lot of high profile stuff actually comes through Genesis ER, Mm -hmm. which is strange, you know, being that is that Hurley is the level one trauma center, but we down in Genesis, a, a lot of high profile stuff has come through. And you seem to find yourself always in it. I did, even in the ICU. Um, <laughs> I had a lot of high-profile stuff. Our, my unit was not happy. Um, it was never a happy unit. Uh, neurotrauma. It's brain yeah. injury, brain death, organ donation. Um, younger, we had took 13 and up. So we had, right. that was pretty much the entire, um, the age group that we took. So that was that was my life for eight and a half years. And then I went to ER, which... You can spread the wealth a little bit more, but like Jim said, I just end up always being in it <laughs> somehow. Right. It's always there. So Well, you know, it's that level is the same with without out there on the road at pre hospital. Some of us always find ourselves in in the really gnarly heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Even when you're trying to avoid it, sometimes you find yourself and then there's also that piece of us that's just won't that you know, there's that little piece of you wired in that won't let you, won't allow you to avoid it (laughs) because you just go for it. Right. You know, that can be heavy and that can wear you out and stuff like that. So have you had seasons of that where you just, um, yeah, that was, that was why I ran away and did travel nursing. Um, last year, last year, last May when I, I wanted to leave U of M and I said, "I, I don't know what else to do. And I've tried everything else and I've always done critical care and I've always done the, um, you know, ER. And so that was my home and ER is always going to be my home. I loved being an ICU nurse for what it taught me, but I could never go back. And, um, so I decided to do travel nursing because I needed to step away for a bit and just kind of bounce around and kind of go in where I'm needed, but I get to make my choices. So that was a big, that was a big leap for me because I went across the country. So, um, 3000 miles away from home, you're not getting home unless you're flying. Um, hope it worked. You're there four months. <laughs> so that's kind of when I stepped away and kind of fell in love with nursing again, because, um, I could take care of people and kind of help people and they needed you and you were, they were excited that you were there and they were happy that you were helping, um, you know, leaving your home and stuff and coming to help. Fill in right. and for that. And I was near Seattle. I was in Puyallup. So I was over. Been there? Over there in uh, yeah. the JBLM. That's where I was at. Yeah. So. yeah, that's cool. And then North Carolina, right? So, yep. Then I came home and I was up in Northern Michigan working for a month, three months. And then I came back and then I went to North Carolina and worked at Duke in the ER at Duke. So, that's awesome. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And then I came home this summer and this is the longest I've been home in a year and a half. And been full circle like I said it's been really good to be home right on so I kind of want to dive in because uh we had talked I think in the ER or outside I saw you walking around outside and we were talking about how this this time around COVID seems to be a little bit more heavy Mm -hmm. and we've Ashley and I have talked about this like for the last couple weeks on the shows and for me I what I think is happening is is now we know better like the progress, right, of when people 
like acutely get sick and, and how it's going to go. And some people are going to be fine and some people are going to be admitted. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem like so many people are dying, but at the same time, some people are dying. But what's different now is it doesn't feel like, like the public support is there like it was in the beginning. Like, so what's kind of, what's your take on? Uh, on that's exactly how I feel about it. Um, I know like I was at Duke. Um, I was very blessed to be down there when, um, COVID hit. I could not have, I mean, I was, even though we were travelers, we were still all together and I cannot have been more grateful for it. I didn't experience, and it was really, really weird to be outside of Michigan and hearing things from that perspective of family and friends and, and news and following that and not being here. And there was a really, a really disjointed feeling for that. And it was really hard. Cause I, like, I need to be here. I need to be here. I need to be here, but I'm thankful I'm not here. Um, yeah. And that kind of respect, um, you know, we, we wanted for nothing. We had a great systems in place. It's a level one trauma center. It's a 90 bed ER. It's insane. So I really was really grateful for the, for, to be there. Um, and then we were celebrated. Like it was the same, I think, as it was here, food and welcome nurses and clapping and, you know, parades of first responders and stuff like that. And, you know, and then some stuff happened over the summer and then all of a sudden, like we're, you know, now we're, we're not, um, we're not as celebrated as we were before. So definitely. And right. I think that was, a, that was hard, especially over the summer. It was like you were, I was celebrating, you were celebrating me and bringing me free lunches and stuff two months ago. And now here I am being vilified because of something that occurred and I can't, um, right. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So. Oh yeah. I mean, it's been, and what's interesting, and, and actually, I know that you're kind of, you're listening to this right now and probably don't like even remember these things happening, but so there's first responder world and then there's the ER nurse and doc world. And usually we all, I mean, we have our little beefs and our little rivalries with nurses. It's always been, it always will be just, it's like, it's like when the other branches of the military poke fun at each other, mm-hmm. like, and, and it's, it's all out of love and fun and we're really all on the same team and we know it but it's our little thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're all working on this, this same, fighting this same little battle together. And then George Floyd happened and it just flipped. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all these people are, they're talking about implicit, all these things about us being biased and the way we treat people. And so then there's like, well, you got to do these different trainings. And everyone's like, cool, we'll do the different trainings. And then I can remember, and it's, I can remember seeing where, where before, kind of in the first round, we would do like all the EMS providers and fire trucks and policemen were coming around and lighting all the lights mm-hmm. and honking the horns and supporting our hospital folks. But then after George Floyd, and, and it was whatever, I know it was, definitely wasn't malicious and I understood the point. But then these hospitals poured out onto their grounds and they all took a knee. What obviously in that situation was a horrible uh, injustice, but it was as if they were like joining sides against first responders and police. Mm -hmm. So then we had this several weeks of this. Now, wait a second. We were all super supportive. And now all of a sudden you're putting a fist up against us. 
you know, and then that quickly died down because COVID came back. So it's just been like all in all 2020 and our, our little world here has just been, it's been bizarre and intense, but also, (laughs) but also for like everybody watching, you know what I mean? Like I told somebody the other day that we have it easy really, right. As medics and EMTs and docs and nurses, all we have to do is do what we do. Mm -hmm. Right. Everyone else is just watching and wondering. And when new clickbait information pops up, they're like, well, maybe this is true. And then something will come up like three seconds later. That's the counter to that point. And so, I don't know. It's just been weird not to kind of go off on a little rabbit hole, but it's for me, it's been weird this time because again, it seems different. It seems like there's the public support is gone. But at the same time, I feel like we truthfully, you know, we're all dug in doing the work, but that's all we really have to do. I think a couple of weeks ago, Jim, you had said something about, we're going to talk about like this next month with first responders and medical personnel and all that, that we're going to talk about um, like compassion fatigue. Yes. And I, and I think, and and this isn't speaking, obviously I can't speak for the general public, but for myself, I, I think in some regards, with all it being November 29th of 2020, I'm a little bit compassion fatigued of 2020. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm tired of the 18 millionth thing that I'm supposed to be upset about or not supposed to be upset about or people that I'm supposed to be concerned about and everything. And so I think selfishly in a lot of ways, I've kind of put my head down, gone to work, took care of my family, took care of the responsibilities I had. And then like, went to bed and woke up and did it again, you know? (laughs) So I don't know if that's part of it. I don't know if that's part of what's going on, but um, it is, it is quite weird to have so much happen in a span of like eight, nine months, you know? Well, it's all been weird. They talk about resilience and they talk about burnout and you talk about things like that. And the more, exposure you have to something over and over and over. It's not the high profile, big stuff. Yeah. That hits you. That affects you. But it's, it's the constant chatter of it over and over and it, and it burns you out and you have, you keep losing your resilience to things. And so, yeah, you get it. You get tired of hearing about it. I mean, absolutely. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of having to, um, you know, think about it. 24 seven, when I'm at work, I'm on. And I have to think about that all the time. Like this next patient that comes in every single patient, you just, now we just go in and go, they're all, they're all positive. You know, mm-hmm. like you just go in, you put your PPE on, you know, they're all positive. You know, you don't, you don't question it. You just do it now. It's kind of automatic. And <clears throat> same with like, I think with you for work on the road and stuff. Cause I know when I was on the road, like it was different. I worked in, you know, in Pontiac, but I worked, um, we didn't, you're going into houses, like right. that's something that nobody can ever really understand or have a perspective of a first responder unless you do it. Um, you don't know what it's like walking into somebody's house. You don't know what, you know, nurses, we get that beautiful package dropped off. It may be dirty and it may be a mess, but it's still a package that's dropped off to us in the ER, not packaging it up out there. <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah, know, and good so, way. yeah. And so it's really hard even for us, and I didn't even really understand me. My, my brother's a paramedic and he's a nurse now, but 
also, but I mean, I didn't even understand it until I got into that world and I was kind of introduced into that world. And then I got into it with my, with school and been doing my medic and stuff like that. And I mean, it's, it's a very eerie feeling of it. And so walking into somebody's home, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, but I think kind of going off on a rabbit hole, the burnout part is that the resilience of it is gone. Like we just don't have it. Even the general public us as professionals, medical professionals know that that exists and we're supposed to like work ourselves on that. And you do try to, but everybody's just, it's, it's like you said, it's November. It's almost December. Like we're just, we're just tired of it, you know? And if so, it's weird too, for me, when we talk about stuff like that, like, uh, like burnout and, and I came to compassion fatigue. I use that because I feel like that's kind of in between first day when everything's new and shiny and exciting mm-hmm. and burnout when it's just, when you're that guy or, or gal, that's just done, <laughs> never coming back. But in between there's times and little seasons of stuff when you're just, when you've been giving so much that there's, there's just no more, there's no more to give. I mean, there is, if you dig deep for it, but yeah. you have to kind of work at it. Now, for me personally, and I can only speak for me personally, I thrive in this season. This is going to sound crazy, but for career-wise, this has been the best year of my career. I love this stuff. I, I don't necessarily love the con- like being the guy that everybody that I know has questions for, unless it's my close little circle who has questions, and then they trust what I say. But when that starts to branch out and people ask and then they didn't really want to know, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's frustrating. But like you guys, actually, they, they ask me, like, what really should we do? You know, and, and how bad is it really? And things like that. And it's because there's trust. Yeah. You know, but for me, honestly, I mean, I love it. I love it. I like it's. It's weird because when you're in this world and this, this is what we do and people who are going to listen to this episode that don't do this, it's going to sound b- bizarre, mm-hmm. maybe a little troubling that I am not so sad that this is here. I like the intensity of it. I'm not bummed out riding in that little bitty van ambulance for 45 minutes with a COVID positive patient. That's, I love that I got to do that like all last week. Well, you touched really bit on it when you talked about me always finding my way into things at the uh-huh. beginning of this, and that's me too. And it's probably like you said, people will probably think it's bizarre, but that's when I function at my best. Yeah, that's right. When I am feeling like I'm at my purpose, and I'm doing what I'm yeah. supposed to be doing. Is I'm right. taking care of the sickest of the sick, the most critical. I walk in. Yes, I get my head beaten. Yes, I'm in code room. Yes, I'm in recess phase. Yes, I'm. The other day, titrating on a super sick guy, we're titrating drips and doing all these crazy things. That's, that's what I love. That's right. that edge is where I function the best as a nurse. Right. And for myself, like you, for myself personally, that's what I'm like, I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. right. in that respect. And that's why I like the ER for that point of it, because they're coming in the door and that's what you're, you, you jump in and you're on and you got to do it. Um, so I, I, I kind of understand exactly where you're coming from with that. Cause I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, yeah, there's sick people and they're sick coming in, but 
that's where I, I function the best, you know? I think you said it perfect when you said I'm doing my purpose, you know, and I know Pastor Jim has talked about um, pain, our pain, our purpose and our proficiency, you know, like lining up what kills us, what thrills us. And ultimately that, that intersects to like what we were born and created to do. And, you know, a lot of times that can change with different parts of our life, different seasons and stuff like that. But, you know, to be able to see that in your life, that like you were doing what you were called to do and you're thriving in that. And yes, there's a cost to that. There's a cost to loving and caring for people. There's a cost to going into those hard places with people and doing what you can, whether it works out great or whether it doesn't. You know, there's a cost to that. Um, But there's also a reward to that too. Like being there for people in those hard places and being able to have a hand in those moments is tremendous. It's just powerful, you know? And I think that, you know, that's a lot of how we're designed to be in community with people. And I think when we allow God to work through us and really like the love of Christ to be his hands and feet and like he went to the hardest places for all of us. And then when we get to be a little bit of that for somebody else, like that's, that's powerful. Like that's like, that's amazing life things right there, you know? Right. You know, it's, it's something I was listening to a podcast today and the guy was talking about this um, that we have agency. He, he was, he called it, we have agency over ourselves to make that, that decision, you know, and it's, I think in America, largely in America, maybe all over the world, but this is where we live. I think victim mentality kind of has been, or like post-traumatic stress or all these labels and boxes and categories have been all thrown out there so much that that people start thinking, well, well, I do this job, so I have to have post-traumatic stress. And I, I just have to. And probably at some level, everybody does, but I don't think we have to like sit in it and rest in it. And I think for myself, what I believe, and this isn't any, this is just Jim talking. <laughs> what I believe is that you can't be called into something and then a victim of that same thing. There's certain situations that'll scar your heart and and they'll always be there. We all have that stuff. I suggest journaling, you know, or doing a podcast and and saying it out loud, but, (laughs) but we all have that kind of junk, right? But we aren't victims of it. Like people who do what we do, and this is for all of, all of us that listen, this podcast in this whole little Genesee County area, this is our thing. And we get called into it and we aren't, Really, we aren't victims of anything. We're in it, and sometimes it sucks, and, and there's the grind of it all. But we're all here for a purpose, whether it's in the ER or on the road. And it's like you said, Ashley, it's really it's like a thrilling life if you just kind of die to self. Because really, the, two, the facts are we aren't getting out of here alive. I think we all know this, right? right. And so to, like, to be super always like worried that everything's going to be perfect and fluffy and feel good. is just not really even, I don't know. You touched on like me and my, in the seasons of like where I've gone and nursing and I, I, now I have perspective because I've been a nurse now long enough and I've worked many different areas and places. And I mean, that season of going away and coming home. And I mean, this has been the longest I've been home, but I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Like things kept, 
roadblocking me all summer. And part of that, one of the most profound things from the journey of what I've gone through with our jobs and in the calling of it is that, yes, there's the labels like you were talking about of PTSD and things like that, but we're always going to have that, but it's not living in the disorder chaos of it. Right. You have to step yourself away from that and you have to get deep and you have to soul search and you have to decide, is this really where I want to be? Is this what I really want to do? And um, I think that's a big question that you have to ask yourself. It's a gut check reality moment. And some people don't want to do that. I mean, I know it was hard for me to like wake up in the mirror and look and say, oh God, there's some stuff here I don't like, you know? Right. But at the end of the day, I do love taking care of people and, you know, and being able to, to see them at not in a sick way, but to see them at their worst and know that I can try and make some kind of difference, even if it is to, to help them, if we're going to, you know, be real, help them die peacefully with, with a decent death or something like right. that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that, that's what um, is important to me as a nurse now and not just the, other stuff and as the first responder as well. Like if I can just be there with the, with these people and offer something of comfort, you know, if that's all I can do. I think well, you had mentioned too, that you listened to the episode with Chuck Kova, right. And we talked mm-hmm. about uh, kind of recalibrating, <laughs> okay. you yeah. know, and, and so that's what kind of what you touched on there. I, I feel like we need to do that. I have to do that. I've been a medic for, I'm pushing, I'm going into my, will be 17 years. So I'll be going into my 18th year doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm 20 something with being in the fire service altogether. Right. But I've had to do that multiple, sometimes multiple times a year, you know, sometimes multiple times a season where things will be happening and it doesn't feel quite right. And I'm starting to get frustrated. So I have to stop and like literally recalibrate. And like you said, why am I here? Why did I like, how did I get here? Do I still like, you know, am I still all in? I think in all facets of life, whether it's first responder, ER, your family, whatever it is you're doing, in your faith, sometimes we have to check ourselves and and see, you know. But that's a big deal when you say that those little gut check moments. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable, but that's an important thing. I think you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. And asking those questions to yourself, to the people that are in your life that you're looking at for support when you can't, you, you can't, we can't do this alone. We're not going to get out of this alive. Right. We get, nobody can do it by themselves. That's some, one of the big lessons I've learned over the last year too, is, um, with, with this, like you, and you need those people that are going to like, that can be very blunt, honest with you and say to you, Hey, maybe you need to check yourself a little bit here, like what's going on or whatever, you know? And I think that yeah. we are somewhat good at that in, in this field, like, cause we're very, all very blunt people. I think um, a lot of us are. What? No. <laughs> so I think, that, um, I think that's a good thing, but it's, um, you know, we also have that sixth sense of humor too, where we're like we're pretty, mm. pretty dark, you know? And um, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I think that that's very, very important though. And, and, you know, like you touch base on it, we have to reevaluate all the time. Yeah. Right. I don't think you should ever feel like you've made where you, you are, where you are and you're okay right. to be where you yeah. are. I think you need to constantly be looking at the next level and the next place. Um, and, and not destroying people along the way either. 
with yeah. your, right. if you're angry and you're bitter, get away for a little while, you know, because like, right. you're not serving a purpose at all and or helping anybody. And it goes back to the, like the stuff of the summer, like we're all individual people here. Yes. We're all doing a certain job or we're all medical professionals or first responders or police or fire, but we're also all individual people too yeah. that are doing it, you know? Right. So the few that are bad are, you know, making it look bad for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of, we'll start landing the plane here. So what we like to do is kind of have some final thoughts. Yeah, anything you could just leave out there for people. I mean, because we are in a season again we are. where it's intent and it's heavy and it's different than last time. Um, I think uh, the biggest thing is, is I think we need to, to really focus on on taking care of ourselves and taking care of others, our, each other. Um, I think that we need to be okay with saying we're not okay. Right. Um, I think that that's because, you know, we, we put on the armor and we're like, this is what we're doing every day and this is how we're going in and, and we're not thinking, we just do. And I think that, that we, it, it needs to be, create a safe space for people to be able to say, I'm, I'm not okay right now. This is not over and it's not going to be. Um, I think just knowing that ahead of time and being blunt about it ahead of time right now is just, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing too, I think. Right. I think as just somebody that's gone, like myself, personally going through hard things in the past year, but not necessarily professionally. Um, it all, it's weird how it all kind of relates. And so much of what you've said tonight has been like, Oh, I get it. Even though I don't get it, I don't get it from where you're at, but I get it from a personal level. And just knowing that, um, it would be really wonderful to just feel like I could wake up tomorrow and be like the perfect version of Ashley ever and never deviate from that and just always be confident, always never question anything, always feel like I'm the smartest person in the room and not have to second guess myself. But at the same time, every season that I've gone through that feels like I've been shaken to the point of like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. That point to be able to say, but what, what's important to me and what is life worth and what is God doing in my life and what, like all those important, like that reevaluation, that recalibrating that we're talking about, being able to ask those hard questions. And is this, is as it, as scary as it is, it's been one of the most healing things ever to be able to go through those seasons and have it be so hard and then have it flip and realize that I've been so grateful for some of the hardest, scariest moments of my life. I hope that's encouraging, but that's just, I just really inspired by um, all of your encouragement. Um, just what you had to share tonight. I really think, thank you for it. So. Yeah, so I would say this, that like, like Teresa said, this isn't going away and it's, and my hope is, is for our, when we look at for our country and stuff like that, my hope is that we have, kind of that that we have leadership that gets out of our way and lets us do what we do so the rest of our country can get back to doing what they do and um for our fellow first responders and and docs and nurses just keep your head up you know keep moving forward like they say in the sport of climbing forward motion is everything and just one day at a time one step at a time i know this is a lot like feels like deployment and they say in deployment every day is Monday. 
So even though it feels like we're in this weird, bizarro Groundhog's Day thing, um, we're always one step closer, one step closer to knowing more, one step closer to doing it better. And just keep your heads up, uh, reach out, get help before you need help. All these things that we say in this business, we're in this together. We're better together. So just for that, thanks for listening. Teresa, thanks for coming in and talking with us tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. Absolutely. And we'll look forward to next time. More exciting stuff this this little season of the podcast. Check us out on the socials. And that's it. That's all I got. Bye.